welcome back to the 16mm Film School Podcast. I'm Cindy. And I'm Dale. You can watch us on YouTube. You can like and comment on our YouTube videos and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can support us on Anchor. You can listen to us everywhere podcasts are found. And you can rate and review us on Apple Podcast at 16mm Film Crew Podcast. You can visit us on our website at www.16millimeterfilmcrew.com. So it's finally here, our exciting Oscar podcast episode. Um, we are reviewing the 94th Academy Awards today. A lot has happened. There's so much to talk about. So... <laughs> Um, the 94th Academy Awards, introduced by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, showcased the best in film between March 1st and December 31st of 2021. Um, it took place at the Dolby Theater in Hollywood, Los Angeles, California, um, on March 27th, 2022, and it was hosted by Wanda Sykes, Regina Hall, and Amy Schumer. So we are... Are we starting from the bottom and working our way up? Is that how we're gonna? Yeah, we could start from the bottom and save the, what the big, the best picture the, for yeah, last. Yeah, yeah that makes things, sense. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna kind of take turns on it, mm-hmm. but let's start with best live action shorts, which went to the long goodbye. Thoughts? Um, like I think we covered part of the issue with a lot of these like short feature short categories is they're not given the wide um a viewing platform to view them. Um but now like once again once these award shows happen you do get to shed light on these projects and these directors and these creatives and wanna go watch their work. Um this is actually I think um uh this is the first time um well he was nominated for uh Tang. I forgot. Rizalmed. What was he nominated for the movie last year? Oh, oh my God. Sound of Metal. Yeah, Sound of Metal. He was nominated last year for Sound of Metal. Um, and, but this year, this is his first win for The Long Goodbye. So, yeah. Yeah. Happy for him. Yeah, he's doing good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the next category is Best Documentary in Short. It was won by Queen of Basketball. How do you feel about that? Or the category in general? Yeah, again, one of those categories that not many people pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Um, Although I did hear about this movie from other film critics who do, you know, YouTube videos, podcasts. um, And this was the one that they picked as well. So I think we kind of just picked it too because we were like, yeah, that sounds like it'll win. (laughs) And it did. So (laughs) that's cool. Yeah, I think I said, like, because of the um, involvement, I guess, with Shaq and Stephen Curry, kind of did push it more into the limelight. Um, so, beliefs now between this and the award that it won, um, more people will actually take a chance to view it. It's uh, it's on one it's one of New York Times' op-eds, um, short pieces. So, if you go to New York Times' website or go to their YouTube page for an opportunity to watch it. So, yeah. Okay, so for best documentary feature, it went to Summer of Soul or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised, which was Questlove's kind of love project about that festival in Harlem. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, where the right place to put this is, but this was the category where the slap heard around the world happened. <laughs> this this came right before that. So... 
Yeah, it's kind of like uh, what 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 the preceding <laughs> events or that are the leading events to him being something we're gonna probably talk about later. But mm-hmm. uh, understandably, so was, I think it was kind of hard for him to. I guess an odd position after something that happens and going to accept the award, and then you can also say he was he was also heartfelt about because it was an experience he said he wished he experienced as a kid, you know. But mm-hmm. due to you know racial issues, which once again we're gonna probably talk about. <laughs> much later um he wasn't able to but yeah i mean in this category is either gonna be flea or summer of soul um both projects were really wonderful um i wish i probably am gonna go back and watch attica ascension and riding with fire but yeah i like it was for me i'm i'm i wanted flea to win but with summer of soul it, between those two i wouldn't i don't really um have a issue with it all i'm happy yeah i think i wanted summer of soul to win yeah um, because I thought Flea was going to win in, in a different category, even though I didn't. But, um, yeah, I love that documentary so much. I thought it was amazing. So, and I'm very proud of Best Love. Did a great job. Yeah. Um, so, winner for Best Animated Short goes to The Windshield Wiper. It's kind of a, a story featuring um, being a, a guy inside a cafe posing the question of what is love, and it features a bunch of vignettes and shorts about you know that topic or that answer um i think it is on vimeo haven't watched it like once again like with these short categories Mm -hmm. unless you're going to like film festivals and you can watch all the shorts it's really hard to actually you know watch these projects Mm -hmm. okay so best animated feature went to encanto not a huge surprise there um definitely i personally wanted luca to win but i knew that encanto was going to win so yeah no encanto was the runaway animated movie of the year and if it wasn't gonna be and if encanto was pushed back later or not released within the window it probably would have been luca you know so there this like there was like it was basically this award was Disney's to lose, <laughs> basically mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. Flea and um, Mitchells and the Machines. Um, this category, though, um, even um, Phil Miller and a lot of a lot of people who are in this category, all the creative people behind these projects that were nominated in Conto that won, they voiced their opinion of you know pigeon holding animation as only a kids medium, mm-hmm. you know, and that really mm-hmm. speaks out to this category because the only adult like movie per se here is flea and so mm-hmm. even these people who do like animated features who are for the families in general the fact that people keep regarding it as like a kids only category i think stifles the value of um this category in a way yeah so um moving on to best international feature um drive my car one i didn't see it you did um so what's your your takeaway on that well one i'm really proud of i guess maybe of the podcast overall but just of us Mm -hmm. that like this is the first time i've seen like three out of the five best international feature movies which is really great um and i hope that more people get to see these international films because they were really good like, this category is pretty stacked. Um, I, yeah, again, I love Drive My Car. It was kind of the favorite to win anyways. I wasn't sure if Philly was going to win this category, but that was, when we did our predictions, it was before we had seen a lot of these movies. Yeah. So when I did watch Drive My Car, though, I was like, yeah, this is a really good film. Really deep, deep film. Um, the Worst Person in the World's in there, too, and we just reviewed that. 
Um, I think that I might like drive my car just a little bit more than the worst person in the world. And I can kind of see maybe where the Oscar voters were headed with that one where it's like, it's and anytime that there's a movie that deals with acting, writing, movie making in any type of form, they're usually going to go for those things. So this is, um, Drive My Car is about a an actor who puts on a theater production. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, well, you know, it, they gravitate towards that. I think they kind of, the Academy kind of knew what they were going to choose for him. The celebration music. of their medium in a way. Right, 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 right. Like, like Hollywood likes to stroke his own ego a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, like like you said, it's like the few times we've seen I've seen like we see majority of these international features, and my takeaway when this category was announced, the Drive My Car One watching, was you know all the movies in this category were amazing, like yeah. from top to like all of them, and it kind of made me wish like the Academy does away with the whole international feature category, in a yeah. way, um, because mm-hmm. I think it's unfair that you have I think for Best Picture, which we're gonna talk about when we get to the top, had like eight or ten movies in there mm-hmm. i don't mm-hmm. see why if you're going to put that movie those that many movies there that the best films internationally can't be in that category as well because mm-hmm. i could tell you some of these international films will probably be better than um the, the best movie domestically in the u.s we saw that with um with parasite last year where everybody was kind of thinking Parasite won, but nobody really really expected it. When Parasite swept all those major awards, everybody was like, "Oh shit!" International film is actually amazing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so um, best visual effects went to Dune, and that was no surprise for me. I think that's what I was rooting for. I think that's probably where everyone's head was pretty yeah. much at. We, so. I think I think we both had Dune winning this. The only other thing I could see would win if it's purely just CGI stuff might be free guy but you know Dune at least did like I think I did in my I said in my review um or my prediction that it blended natural like real camera stuff and also CGI stuff really well which is kind of what you want in this category that you can't really tell what's real and what's fake you know unlike Mm -hmm. you know Black Widow when you know um, Florence is falling off the, the the jet. You can clearly see that's this horrible CGI and everything like that. Mm. But yeah, so it was a given with with Dune winning that. Um, for best sound went once again to Dune. How do you? Yeah. Yep, was expecting it. <laughs> I was expecting Dune to kind of sweep most of the technical awards, yeah. which it kind of kind did. of did. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, makes sense. The sound the sound design was amazing in that movie. So. Yeah, Dune, Dune also did go on to win um, production design as well. So, yes. yeah. yeah. In so. the production design? Okay. So, for Best Original Song, that went to No Time to Die, from No Time to Die, which was um, performed by Billie Eilish and Phineas. Mm-hmm. Which, go girl, Oscar, I love her. <laughs> oh, don't, don't do that now, because remember when we were making these predictions, you were like, oh, James Bond is like the easy cop-out, blah, 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 remember? Well, it is. Oh, okay, okay. And everybody knows that, oh, like, that's kind of a, that's okay. what I was, I'm not going to say for myself, but I'm also saying, like, while I was watching other people's commentary on Twitter during this, the award show, they were like, yeah, of course the James Bond song is going to win. Like, it's not, like, an outrageous idea to think that. Because it's just so, it's kind of predictable. Like, it kind of is. Okay. I'm not saying she didn't do a good job. I'm just saying, like, we kind of knew what I'm the I'm just saying, to say because it's a James Bond song that's going to win, it kind of discounts the work 
you know, that she put in. I think it, two so. things could be true at once. Oh. That's okay. how I feel. Okay. <laughs> For best original score, of course, you know, Hans Zimmer won. This is actually the Hans, the Hans Zimmer Award, as I'm going to start calling it now. So he yeah. won for Dune. Um, I think mm-hmm. he was in, like Holland. He was. He tweeted like he was like Holland. So he tweeted he was in Holland. His that daughter wakes him up, takes him to the bar. He's there in a bathrobe with the Oscar award in his pocket. That's, I love that. Yeah, that's a G move right yeah. there to put your Oscar in your little bathrobe pocket. That's mm-hmm. cool. He is really that guy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was kind of an obvious like yes, you will win that award. Um, best makeup and hairstyling went to the Ives Tammy Faye, which I did predict. So mm-hmm. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a given. Like, the drastic lengths they went, like, the makeup and hairstyling is pretty outrageous, given the fact that, you know, like, I saw the actual, I think I, in watching, in watching this movie before we were talking about the movie, I also watched the actual, her actual Tammy Faye's real documentary. Mm-hmm. And her real life persona, like, her makeup and hairstyling was outrageous, and they perfectly, you know, replicated that in this movie. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, best film editing, of course, went to Dune. Um, mm-hmm. I, I had Tick, Tick, Boom going in, you know, because they kind of did blur the lines. It was like a lot of the theater-esque editing style when theater productions ended up being done for TV or for movies um, with, you know, the whole movie style thing. But, you know, and matching the editing with the music but you know that's here or there so i think you had i think <laughs> you had dune for everything though for like almost everything technical i think you had dune. for a lot of them yeah. dune was pretty much i wanted it to win best picture but we'll get to that um i will say that if you watched like that first gum jabbar scene with um timothy and um, charlotte rampling mm-hmm. the way that that one scene was edited was amazing so yeah. you can imagine like the entire movie yeah like it definitely deserved it yeah um best costume design went to koala i don't want to talk about this <laughs> <laughs> i told you he was gonna win i told you you did gonna, you did say I that you, i told you he was gonna you win because they like yes they follow the template of those 70s 80s 90s flat like 90s 70s through 80s and 60s fashion palace but they had put a unique and original flair on it which you know to follow those trends and then replicate it with originality is takes a lot of skill so I will say that after seeing Nightmare Alley, I did think that those costumes were really excellent. Yeah. The costume designer on that did a really good job. Yeah. Um, up next would be Best Cinematography. Uh, Dune won that as well. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So excited. Greg Frazier is like the one to look out for. He did this. He did the Batman. I'm sure he's done other things that I just can't remember right now, but he's the one. <laughs> Okay, best original screenplay went to Belfast. Mm-hmm. I thought it would, might go to Licorice Pizza just because I don't know what I think the relationship with the Academy and these like more indie directors like Paul Thomas Anderson and Wes Anderson. Like I don't know if I have an accurate read on their relationship, but it didn't go their way this time around. Yeah. So <laughs> Belfast was a good script. I liked it because it was a personal script. Personal so it script. felt nice um i don't know i kind of still view kenneth bra kenneth brana uh, sorry, mm-hmm. as still kind of an indie director anyway even though he's done a lot of you know mainstream kind of stuff sometimes i still view him oh, in that kind of in- indie light to a degree because i don't think he gets his due you know 
mm-hmm. the way most other mainstream directors do. But yeah, Goodwin, it was like, like we said, original like personal stories from directors or writers always end up being amazingly done and always get rewarded. So, yeah. Um, I will. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I will say that I think the worst person in the world is maybe a better script. Mm. But maybe that's just because I'm a woman. So, like, that's kind of, I relate more to that stories more than, like, a little kid in Ireland. But, like, that's neither here nor there. But, yeah. Well, I also do think our opinion in a lot of these categories, like, in reading our thoughts and, yes, and then listening to our the podcast or whatever, listening back to the podcast, you know, leading up to the Oscars about a lot of these nominees and stuff. I think there is kind of a sense of, you when it comes to these Oscars, you do kind of get a sense of regency bias, you know, and that even happens mm-hmm. to us, like, because remember when we made those um, predictions in, like, February, we hadn't seen a lot of these, but, like, we saw Worst Person in the World last week. So our opinion mm-hmm. of these categories kind of changed. I think these, as, as, as we're getting into the above, above the line, you know, categories, I think Regency Barnes does make a uh, yeah. effect in mm-hmm. how we view a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. But, um, on that topic, um, Best Adapted Screenplay did go to Coda. Um, I didn't know it was an adapted piece. I thought it was an original Me story. I so. had no idea that that was <laughs> So Like, adapted from what? Like, a book? I, I don't know. Yeah, it was a book. So, no. now I probably want to go back and probably read, read the, the book. book. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, it's not even a book per se. I think it's a remake of a, a it's a remake. Yeah. It was a remake of a French film. So, but now I also, oh. uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We reviewed, yeah. see, we reviewed Code a long ago, so I forgot. <laughs> I forgot yeah, we that did. Too, it was a long time ago. Yeah. But um, I, I thought it was an original thing. Yeah. So I, now I do want to go, when it's ever an adapted screenplay done of like a movie that's already been done, I kind of do want to go back and watch those original Project and pieces mm-hmm. to see how what changes were made and how it you know those kind of things. So I'll probably right. go back right. and rewatch the French version as well. Um, okay, so uh, best supporting actor went to Troy Kotsur for Coda, yeah. which yes, I think we predicted that. Yeah, I think we, yeah, we I think you did too. At the, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I had it outright to him. I think he, I think you were more so fifty fifty between him and Cody. Specifically. No, no, I said I wanted Cody to win, yeah. but I knew that Troy was going to win. Yeah. I guess that's, maybe I should be more specific in the in the in the predictions of like I would like this to happen even though I know this won't and this other thing will. Yeah. I'll make sure to do that next time. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, but it was a historic win because he was I think the second person who is um deaf to win an Oscar. And the first person was Marley Matlin, yes. who was his co-star. So, <laughs> that's amazing. But, yeah. Some, some things come full circle. In the same way with that, you know, Troy being the first deaf person to win an award, second deaf person to win an award, so was uh, Adrian DeBose. I apologize if I'm saying her name incorrectly again. Um, for Best Supporting Actress. Ariana DeBose. Ariana DeBose. <laughs> um, same thing with her. Um, the first person that uh, the first Latina to win that award was Rita Moreno for playing the same mm-hmm. character she played. So yeah, and I, she, to me, she was the highlight of that of, of you know West Side Story. I'm gonna be honest with you. She like stole every every scene she was in. She stole. She stole. She like she dominated with her presence. So yeah, 
So she won the Best Supporting Actress Award, which I think we both predicted. And she is the first Afro-Latina woman to win the award and the first openly queer woman to win that award. So that was really dope. I loved her speech, too. It was just so amazing. She's great. I'm a fan. <laughs> I really think she's cool. Uh, oh, it's me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Best Actor <laughs> went to Will Smith for King Richard. Again, we have to talk about this afterwards. So it's like it's like avoiding like the elephant in the room. It's like how do you move around these things? But yes, he won. He had a very emotional speech. Um, I was excited for his win when I once I kind of saw that he was going to win this. So like maybe a few months ago or a few weeks ago, I was like, oh, okay, Will Smith won the Oscar for this, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um. This was a really tough category, so his win is even kind of more impressive because you're going up against these really heavy hitters like Denzel, Javier, but also people who have been kind of putting in like consistent great performances like Andrew Garfield and Benedict Cumberbatch. So I think I would have liked Benedict or Andrew Dolan just because, I don't know, I think they did some really good that, those were some great performances right there but i was i was fine with will winning yeah and i was then, i was know. i mean i'm i'm happy you know for will to get his due in hollywood finally being the fifth mm-hmm. black man to win an oscar or either supporting or best actor if i'm if i'm um correct um yeah i'm happy i'm happy for him in award uh even though in some people's opinion the moment was kind of tainted in a way i kind of don't to a degree um yeah this i think this category like i said uh these actors were talented um you know i could see i could see an argument made for every one of these actors to win so yeah um best actress was um won by jessica chastain for the eyes of tammy Faye. yeah yeah so happy for her like so happy for her i'm really excited that she won this jessica chastain is like again another one of those actresses who have put been putting in work for over these years like i remember seeing her before i saw the help i think i saw like another movie of hers and i think it was like the debt or something like that and that girl was like that girl has been consistently putting in the work and she's a producer on this film too so like she really cared about it and i think that showed in the work how she's been working for or she's been working on this project for 10 years. So like the manifestation of that and then also her winning the award for it was just like wonderful. Jessica has been there for like getting black people paid well. Like she's honestly, she's really that girl. Like she's a stand up lady. So I'm very proud of her. I feel like Jessica Chastain is like, I'm not saying she's replacing, but she follows that vein to a degree of, you know, uh, uh, Glenn Close, those other um, Mm. Hollywood mainstays who still produce, like, amazing, amazing, like Meryl Streep, Glenn Close, Mm -hmm. those ladies who, you know, who've always consistently put out good stuff. I feel like she's of this generation, like, for us witnessing, she is that next, you know, big... Um, leading lady who does that yeah. same kind of content like on a consistent basis mm-hmm. um, very true yeah 
I'm still okay. mad that Kirsten didn't win, though. I thought she did an amazing job. But, you know, Hollywood... I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. But, you know, I, I hate when, like... And I think this also affects into the whole... A bit into the Will Smith thing. Whereas I feel like certain actors... Like, I feel like they wait until, like, their twilight. Like we said. Like, their twilight of their career. I think, like... Yes, got to me, like... King Richard was good. I don't think Will Smith probably should have won for this award. I think he should have went for him during Ali. The thing with Kirsten Stewart, I know down the line she's going to win for another movie, but I do feel it won't have the same impact or, you know, it wouldn't resonate with me as much as her performance to Dispenser. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, I'm okay with her not winning just because, first of all, the fact that they even nominated Kristen for this is remarkable. Yeah. Considering her career, how people viewed her for a long time. Yeah. Her and Rob Pattinson. Yeah. And I think they're on like, a, now they're they're in like their 30s now. I feel like people are starting to see the level of like talent that they actually have. Yeah. So the fact that she was nominated at all was like amazing. I think we were all really excited about just the nomination. I don't know if anyone of us like truly expected her to win mm-hmm. just because like look at everybody else who's in this category. <laughs> but I do think you're right. I think she's going to win down the line for something else, but it won't have the same impact as her playing Diana did, which she did perfectly. Yeah. She did an amazing job. Okay. So best director went to Jane Campion for the power of the dog. Mm-hmm. Yes. This see, this was predicted. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, we saw her, you know, up until recently at the golden globes win best director um usually these above the line categories tend to stay kind of consistent throughout award season everything below the line kind of does fluctuate so it was kind of was expected especially in light of i don't know when the actual votes are done for the oscars but especially in light with her stuff with sam elliott and you know that kind of stuff kind of pushed Mm -hmm. her more into the the forefront she kind of did kind of lose some of that um that shine with her interaction with venus and serena at the golden globes but yeah um it is what it is. Uh, all these movies were good. I mean, all these projects, every all these directors deserve to win in some capacity. I hope one day Paul Thomas Anderson wins an award for something, whether it's director or screenplay, because my man... He hasn't won anything yet? I'm not sure, but my man, my man, like we said, you know, they don't really give the, these indie directors their oh, dues, yeah, so... True. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, you got the big and, one. And the big one... Um, in, in terms of, you know, actual award, even though for some reason, it wasn't the last award I presented of the night, was it? Was it? It was. Yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think, I think the Will Smith stuff overshadowed in my head for the I know, the it, it confused everything. You're yeah. right. <laughs> um, but best picture, of course, did go to Coda. So. I yeah. did not see this coming at all. I was I, completely shocked. I didn't you? either. Um, okay. I saw a lot of critics leading up to the Oscars deriding coda in light of what we've been experiencing the last couple of years whether it's um you know january 6th or you know covid isolation and stuff they kind of derided coda due to the fact that it was kind of a feel-good movie and mm-hmm. they were like oh it's safe and because people cinema and art is supposed to offend people which bleeds into what we're going to talk about later there seems to be this kind of fixation of you know if you're not raw you know you're not worthy of anything and to discredit it based on the fact that oh it's a feel-good movie kind of really belittles the amount of work that this team of actors this team of writers and everybody involved with Coda put into it you know yeah um 
I feel a little bit torn about it because I do think, well, first of all, I loved this movie. Mm. Let's get that. Let's put that out there. I love this movie. I cried during the majority of this movie. I completely understand the response people are having to it. And I definitely, absolutely believe that it deserved a nomination for Best Picture. 1000%. Do I think it should have won? I don't know. I understand that it's a very like ground, ground, groundbreaking movie and um, it was a really sweet movie. It had an effect on me as it did on a lot of people, obviously. But when I'm thinking about a best picture, I'm thinking about the totality, like everything coming together to make like an outstanding, unforgettable viewing experience. Yeah. So even though the story was beautiful and the actors did an amazing job, I don't think like... It was like an indie film, like a written, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that indie films don't have this, aren't on the same level. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I'm saying is like, it didn't, it took place in like a few locations. It was really just like, it wasn't like expensive or, but I also don't know what the criteria for like, what the Oscar voters understand as best picture. Cause what I'm thinking and what they're thinking are probably two different things. Mm-hmm. But for me, I was like. I don't know if it just if it was like it should win this award because even with the what happened like what was it last year where Nomadland won because Nomadland is sort of in the same vein same vein yeah. where it's like very chill but when you look at the cinematography like when you look at all of that stuff it's like it's breathtaking like it really was beautiful mm-hmm. and then you had the story and the message and the actors and all that other stuff coming together to kind of make it really like an emotional movie but also a movie that you still thought about after you were watching it i don't know if this had the same impact for me personally i really thought that something like the power of the dog which is sort of kind of in the same vein as nomadland just in a different time period might have won dune stuff like that like but i wasn't this kind of blindsided me i was like wow okay (laughs) um I don't know. It's it's iffy because as if you look back, like we just said, director, actress, actor, supporting actress, best actor, and the writing category as far as screen original screenplay and adapted screenplay, it's very varied, and almost everybody who won these mm-hmm. categories was up for best picture. So I do think that did help some. Not didn't help, but I think that just proves a testament of how much how much parity or difference was in this movie. Like, Coda won for best um, adaptive screenplay and best supporting actor. Um, and the, the focus of the movie is the story of the best supporting actor, Troy, and his kids. Like, so the top, the issues, the things that these these movies went on, you can really see their, their strengths in what they went on below the line. But it's also kind of telling that the categories that the Oscars were trying to hide behind the scenes as far as all the below the line stuff were all the categories Dune won. But right. Dune was also removed, like, uh, Dennis Villeneuve wasn't put up for best actor. For best director. So, Still it's, it's kind of weird. All, all, the, all the below, all the above line categories for best, which featured best picture nominees, was all varied. And all the below line stuff, all the technical stuff, all the stuff Hollywood doesn't view a part of cinema, filmmaking since they wanted to cut it from the broadcast mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was what Dune won on. Right. So So I'm thinking Dune's about to win Best Picture and yeah. that literally did not happen. Yeah. So like wow. Yeah. So mind blown. Yeah. Mind blown. 
Okay. Well, that's the wrap up for who won. Now we have to talk about what happened during the show. Yeah. Oh man. Um. <laughs> uh. Look, First Amendment. You know, you could say whatever you want, but it doesn't protect people from reacting how they want to react to what you gotta say. Um. And this this issue this topic, um. It's. I don't. I wouldn't say it's nuanced, but there's a lot of stuff that's come up due to the situation of um, Will Smith slapping um, Chris Walker talking about his wife. Um, so we have to go over the actual situation, like so, what led up to this. Yeah. Um. So Chris Rock, of course, was brought up to intro the best for best uh, documentary feature. He was making jokes, of course, you know, with a, a lot of the nominees. Um made joke about Xavier, Xavier Bardem and Penelope Cruz, they were both up for Best Actors or Best Leading Actor, and he made a joke saying if you know uh, Xavier, better hope uh, Will Smith doesn't win, because if he went loses and his wife loses, he loses when he gets home or if his wife wins and he loses, he loses when he gets home, made a joke about that That's to me is fine, because they're both nominees mm-hmm. where I think he crossed the line a bit is when he got to Jada Jada is not a nominee there's no reason why should she should be. You could be a comedian. You could observe the people in the crowd, but she's not a nominee. She's not up for an award. There is no reason why a line should have been crossed to okay, say so something what did about he her say? appearance. Just in case people, um, if you don't know, uh, Jada, mm-hmm. Jada, uh, she spoke about last year about having being a woman dealing with alopecia. Um, we've had senators, uh, women, female senators, women, spoken about dealing with the same issue, um, and of course. She shaved her head bald, and he proceeded to make a G.I. Jane joke. If you don't know, G.I. Jane is a Demi Moore movie where she joins the military, and to prove that she's equal to these guys, she kind of just goes into the process of shaving her head. Some people are now thinking back that that joke might also have a little more subtext because, as you know, Demi Moore left uh, Bruce Willis for a younger man at the time in Ashton Kutcher. So some people are saying it also might. Be, some people are also saying it might be a multi-layered joke in that I don't think Chris Rock was playing chess to that level. I think he was just. <laughs> I think he was just commenting on her appearance. So, but yeah. So that's the thing um, that hit Will. Um, and you could see in the in the video where it cuts to Will and Jada, and he's laughing for a split second, but you can see her face. And then mm-hmm. when it cuts back, Will's walking on stage. Like to me, it, it's one of those moments where you're laughing at a joke, but then when you sit down and like, wait a minute, and then you, it goes that light pops off, and like you go, wait a minute, and you have a reaction. I think that was whole Will's prop process because people are talking about oh he laughed, he laughed. like people can laugh, and then that second when they actually process what was said, you get a reaction, and I honestly. I can understand why Will would react the way he did. Look, it's been like the last thirty or so years. People talking about his family, you know, him mm-hmm. and his family. I'm not even gonna lie. Even I'm, I've done it here on this podcast. I called him Mr. Peanut Butter from you know, you know, wanting everybody to like him. But at at a certain point, you spend years and years of you know, being the butt of people jokes. He said it himself, like, given their status, you have to be used to somehow taking abuse from people. And people kind of forget mm-hmm. these actors, no matter how much money they make, they are so human at the end of the day. So, yeah. So, okay. So, basically, Chris Rock made that joke. Um, it 
um, the shot kind of went to Jada and Will, and Jada's rolling her eyes, you know, and then Will is laughing, and then it kind of cuts back to Chris Rock, and then you see Will Smith get up, get on stage, and slap him, mm-hmm. and then walk away, and then proceed to say, keep my wife's name out of your effing mouth a few times. Yeah. Now, what was happening for the viewers, the people who are watching it, right? So my sister texted me and was like, Will Smith just smacked Chris Rock. I said, what are you talking about? This can't be real. And I feel like that was everyone's immediate reaction at home, but also in the theater. Everyone was like, oh, was this scripted? Like, was this just like a gag? Was this a part of this like show? And it wasn't until Will Smith, I think, was sitting down and starting to kind of yell from his seat where people were like, oh, I think this is serious. Lupita Nyong'o was case one. Yeah, the that audio the audio cuts and Lupita's like... The audio oh. cuts? Yeah, so... Because everyone was laughing like, oh, okay. And then they were like, oh, wait, is this... Oh, this is serious. Like, he's, he's actually mad. Like, this is... That's for real. And you can see on Chris Rock's face, too, he's, like, stunned. And he was trying to, like process everything his way out of <laughs> yeah. it and it just wasn't working because it was so first of all that's so cringy and awkward just to like watch that go down not yeah. knowing if it was scripted or not like that was and then the and then the internet does what it does best i think this was where the internet really shined because i was crying at the memes the tweets just the the creativity people have during these moments is just undefeated. It was just not so good. I, I loved it. The euphoria, the euphoria means the Cassie and Maddie joint. That was so funny. It's a serious thing, but I think we need to acknowledge the internet for a second and just talk about yeah, how I mean, that was. that's honestly, that's, and when I say internet, I'm going to see, I'm going to say a, a black thing because I only dominate and operating in the black spaces of the internet. The black That's how we how we deal with stuff when jokes mm-hmm. are happening or serious things happen. We process it by making jokes, and you know, you're right. It does show um the creativity, but it also goes still on to prove Will's point in a way. Like y'all mm-hmm. make jokes, and we're still real people at the end of the day. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I mean. For me, like this, this topic or this situation has really is bled out into a lot of a lot of places. Like my thing on Twitter is I've noticed a lot of no name people who are irrelevant, particularly in these white celebrities, who mm. suddenly have been spewing like the worst possible takes on this topic. Like Judd Apatow is like, oh, he could have killed him. Like, bro, it's a slap. That just lets me know, ain't nobody ever slapped you in your face. Nobody's ever gone in your face and, like, really told you stop saying stupid shit. You know, that kind of thing. Then you have, you know, like, Kathy Griffin, who's, like, a dealer celebrity. Her biggest thing is being on CNN for New Year's. Talk about, oh, now comedians have to worry about, you know, people going on stage. Like, nobody's coming for you, Kathy Griffin. (laughs) Nobody cares about your... Like, no, I haven't, like... Go on Netflix. I don't know. I don't know about anybody ever talking about, yo, you see that new Kathy Griffin, you know, Netflix stand up. <laughs> like, nobody is coming for you like that. You got nothing to worry about. Um, and just, and how white women have a way of every situation trying to center themselves in 
every single interaction is sickening. Mm. I saw one lady talking about how, oh, this is how somebody, you know, to witness somebody we all love and care about, you know, tend to become violent is so triggering. And that's how we develop all these anxiety disorders. Then, you know, Twitter does what it does. They dig up people's tweets. And she talks about how she was 17. She slapped her her sister's boyfriend or the girl who was talking to her sister's boyfriend with like a gallon jug, you know, and she didn't get press charges. And she talks about how like she punched a guy in the nose in front of the police and the police didn't arrest him. Like, I mean, y'all like to, you know, victimize whenever black people express their humanity and then say, you know, they're monsters and stuff like that. But in the same token, y'all are gonna go make jokes about y'all being violent. Y'all, you you can't you can't do it. So if you're gonna say Will Smith's wrong, that means you wrong for your path behavior. And also with the Academy, we're saying they're considering rescinding Will's award. Roman Polanski still has his Oscar for Best Picture from 2003. <laughs> the man raped a 13 year old girl, and and Woody left Allen. and left the country. Woody Allen, you know, y'all ain't take Casey Affleck shit either. Like there's a lot of <laughs> toxic ass white people who have won awards that Oscars ain't saying shit like and if you watch the cast if you wa- if anybody's wa- watched the actual Oscars awards um mm-hmm. thing in the middle there's a sequence when um Wanda Sykes goes to the Academy Museum mm-hmm. and they show her um they show her um Hattie McDaniels Hattie McDaniels won for Gone with the Wind mm-hmm. and they said oh her her Oscar went missing but we left this blank spot here in presence to honor her. In that room, everybody else's Oscar is present. So you mean to tell me Hattie McDaniels won an Oscar and then she lost it and there wasn't an impetus or a moment to say this woman lost an important memento. Her and her mm-hmm. family lost something. You didn't think, oh, we'll replace it. You just have a display. Every other groundbreaking Oscar win, she's dead center in a blank case. Are y'all dumb? Like... I don't understand how people could suddenly want to, like, suddenly take the high ground on these moral issues when, for years, you've seen y'all don't really care about the way black people are perceived, and that's also another issue. I don't... Look, us as black people got to get over having white people see us as humans, because it's clear they don't. We've seen, like, the last 10 years, last 400 years plus, they don't really see us, no matter how civil, how nice we do they ain't gonna see it as a human so this idea of embarrassing the community from the white people is it's gotta be gotta stop like yeah. it's, it's gotta you you ain't they ain't gonna let you enter all their white spaces because you don't have money like these a lot of these black talent people do like y'all gotta stop that shit for real so yeah well my take on it is a few things first of all i think that one, I don't think that he should have, Will Smith should have slapped Chris Rock um, on camera, Fair. mainly because that's just, it's just a little, it's just a little too childish for me. It's a little too petty for me. Like, I feel like, and I'm not even saying that he shouldn't have slapped him at all. I'm just saying he shouldn't have done it on live television. That's my own thing. Like, if he, like, pulled him aside in the, like, in backstage or something like that, had it out with him I would have been fine with that because I do think what Chris Rock did was disrespectful like an an incredible pointed attack to someone when you don't know what they're going through and it's not like you were talking generally because that's what most comedians do 
like you, they'll they'll make jokes, but it's more general jokes or something that like has been joked about for years and years and years. Like Leonardo DiCaprio having young girlfriends, people will joke about that, right? But pointedly talking about someone's hair, someone's appearance, like that's a very personal thing. And so the fact that he went out of his way to do that and did that to a black person, because I don't think he would have ever done that to a white person at all, a white actor. But he did that to one of his people, a person he felt comfortable to do that to, not knowing her own struggles and what she was dealing with and how she wasn't, how she was uncomfortable with the fact that she was losing her hair. And he made that joke. And so I feel like Will Smith was absolutely justified to feel angry to feel upset to feel like he needed some reparations in form of physical violence like i i'm the type of person who i think violence is sometimes the answer like i mean i wouldn't have done it but will smith is from philadelphia so he's kind of he hood so like i get it but i just don't feel like he should have that on television like that's the thing like that was the point where it kind of crossed to like you need to have a little and not about these white people we don't care what they think this is for you like you need to have some self-control in this moment because one that one thing that really bothered me is that this category was it was won by Questlove and a black man and that whole moment kind of overshadowed his own time to shine for his award where he worked really hard for that and I was really upset that like this whole foolishness had to get in the way of like, oh, oh yeah. And by the way, Questlove just won this like amazing award. It's just like, come on, you just ruined an entire thing. And I think he also tainted his own win because at this point, I think most of us knew that Will Smith was going to win the Oscar. Yeah. So when he got up there, it's like, this is a historic moment, but now we can't even disassociate the moment of you winning from you slapping Chris Rock in front of the entire Academy. Like, there's better ways to handle these things. I think you're totally justified in your feelings. I'm just saying, like, you could have handled that better. And you're a grown man. So, like, you... It's not like you don't know what to do. You're just... Your emotions, the it was an emotional night, whatever, it kind of took control, whatever you were going through. I understand that people have been making fun of him and Jada for a, a long time, especially recently because of the whole August stuff. Like, mm. I get it. I'm just saying you could have handled it better. And the fact that you didn't, what it does is it does perpetuate other people, like white people, to have their say about... Or to even think like, well, that yeah, that's black men. They're always going to be violent. You know, like it just perpetuates stereotypes that are already hard to break down and which have real consequences on our community. So regardless of whether you care about what white people think, the consequences are still real. And you can feel that in all of, without entire, the entirety of our community is like, we're still going to feel whatever they think of us. It's going to have real life implications. And so maybe not for Will Smith, because Will Smith is rich, <laughs> but for the rest of us, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just, it was kind of embarrassing. It was kind of just like, y'all black men are just doing a lot. Like, you, you're you doing a lot. And I understand, like, you want to protect your woman. You want to, you know, defend her. Yes, that's wonderful. There were other ways to do it. Yeah, I mean, like, you hit the nail on the head. There were, it wasn't just, you know... Chris Roar, Chris Rock. I was I don't know what I was gonna say. Chris Rock, Chris Rock, and Will. The moment mm-hmm. wasn't just them. The other people involved are Jada and Questlove. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. Jada was targeted or, you know, made fun of dealing with something that's, you know, emotionally, um, emotionally affecting her in a public matter in front of millions, not just in front of millions at home, but in front of your contemporaries and peers and turn into a joke. Right. Right. And then Questlove also got his moment stripped from him by the situation. Um, it's, I don't know. And for me, I'm, I can justify the slap because it's one of those things where he who knows understands. Like I, I've always had autoimmune problems, skin issues. I have alopecia myself. Like from like 14, 14, 15 was when I started decided to shave my head. Because, you know, my parents, you know, you know, respectability politics kind of plays away and parents like make you cut your hair because mm-hmm. you can't have an afro, it's unruly, especially when you're doing an immigrant household. They really want you to be accepted by oh, okay. America. Mm-hmm. And so I always hated getting my hair cut. And so I finally said, F it. <laughs> I'm going to shave my head, you know, down so you can't tell what patches are and what stuff. So I, I do I do understand how Jada would feel in that moment because there are times, mm-hmm. even me as a grown adult, like... Is like it's different where she's a woman in her her fifties. You know, she's had her hair her whole life. She's dealing with this now, so I can understand me as a kid dealing with that. People making fun of you like on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Like it's to the point where those things are still present. Like I wake up, look at myself, emotionating. Like damn, I still see myself as that little kid in those moments mm-hmm. sometimes. So even though I'm so far removed from it, where I've accepted it, it's I can still understand how she feels, especially when she's in the midst of still dealing with it. Like it's it's really different for women, and this is the thing. Chris Rock has a docu- made a documentary on good hair, about the relationship mm-hmm. of black women and their hair and how they wow. feel in that agency. For somebody, and he said he made it for his daughter who asked him, "Daddy, how come I don't have good hair?" For somebody to go out and make a documentary in honor of your daughter with that kind of question to that to supposedly understand and learn the association black women have with their hair and how it's tied to their identity to go then make that kind of joke is fucking ridiculous yeah. you know so and, and and also to me this issue of people saying oh it's comedy it's a joke wills will and jade are open to let everybody in their personal lives talk about their relationship one nobody and I mean, nobody is going to go up to Will Smith and make a joke about him and Jada's relationship, whether it involves August or anybody else. You're not going to make that joke because y'all don't have the balls to make that joke. And it, and so to say, oh, it's fine. It's a joke. The joke was made was not about the relationship. So yeah, okay, fine. If you want to make a joke about a relationship, that's fine. But that's not what the joke was made about. Mm-hmm. Two, um, it also reveals a lot of black men and I can say this because I'm really turned off with everybody's behavior, of them accepting or approving of this, their response was, oh, he slaps uh, he slaps Chris Rock for talking about his wife's hair. How come he ain't go slap all the other dudes Jada has slept with? Yeah, I saw that. One, ain't got one dude other in an open relationship. What they do is what they do. Her, deal, her dealings with this issue wasn't public knowledge to a degree, but it was public knowledge now. And also, it really reveals how a lot of y'all dudes view black women as far as their sexual agency. Like, you believing that their value is only determined to the amount of partners they have or whatever, or to their proximity to you. Whether y'all are quick to say, hey, don't talk about my mom, don't talk about my girl, don't talk about my friend's girl, don't talk about my girl. 
But once it's a person you're not associated with, they're longer viewed by you. And especially considering you could say that this is my blank, blank, blanks, blank, blank. They only care about the proximity to their relationship. You don't view a lot of black women as their own independent individuals in these situations. So it's really, it's, it's really like disheartening to see men like me reacting and responding in that way to an experience that a black woman is feeling. And honestly, if you, if you have an opinion like that, there are certain times, like, trust me, I learned this person this year. Sometimes just don't say shit, especially when it's a topic like this. It's like, Mm -hmm. you're better off just not saying anything. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, It was, (laughs) I think someone said that like, it was good. And then it just, then that happens. And like, that was basically all that happened. Like there were multiple other categories that had not been announced yet. But like after that took place, no one was scared about anything. I think most of the people were like, is this real? Oh, what's going on? I think what I saw the Academy say was that like, they don't tolerate that kind of violence or whatever. I didn't see anything. I didn't read an article yet about them trying to get the Oscar back from him, but I don't know. That seems extra considering that like, yeah, considering like to a degree he did earn it. Like people did vote for him to win it. Y'all voted for the man. (laughs) <laughs> y'all, 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 y'all did it. The academy yeah. did that, so yeah. there's no point in trying to take it back. And, and like we tweeted this on our page, to use Oscar's code of conduct thing to say it's grounds to take away Will Smith's award. You could say Chris Rock crossed the line as well because he kind of did violate their supposed code of conduct. And also, if you look at Oscar history, this is not the worst and ugliest moment. You have when Hattie McDaniels won, she couldn't get into the room at all. Mm-hmm. You had to beg for her to get in. You have, you had, of course, Roman Polanski, all those other guys who, with those issues, win, win award. You have uh, an Indian actress who was talking about the plight of her people, and then to get shouted with booze, like security's holding John Wayne back, and then to have, you know, Clint Eastwood, who has a history of being really racist in his projects, go mm-hmm. to say, oh, pull a Sam Elliott and talk about oh, cowboys and shit. It's really disrespectful. The Oscars have had a history of pretty fucking ugly moments. To say mm-hmm. this is the main one, y- y'all, no. Y'all, nah. It's it's yeah. not excusable, so. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, there, that's that on that. In terms yeah. of like the actual show, I didn't see it. But I heard it was fine. There were a lot of good moments in terms of, you know, Ariana's speech was beautiful and um, Jessica winning, also Troy winning, Koda winning actual Best Picture. So Jane Campion winning. She was like the third woman to win a director award. Yeah. So. It's her her second one as well. So Good things happened. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it seemed like it was. I don't know how the show was in, in its entirety. Um, I don't know if the cutting out the those certain categories made any kind of difference to how the overall show was being received by the viewers. I'm not sure about that. Um, but I don't know. Like, I feel like the ostrich is something that everyone just loves to hate. Like, everyone complains about it, and then they either watch it or or will comment on who won or who didn't win you know, hours after the the show has wrapped up. 
So I'm not really sure. I don't know if the ratings were better. Maybe the ratings were better because of what happened. Well, they they did say you know the 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 trends for the Oscars did go up after that slap. Um, yeah. but you know it's. I don't know, this, this topic really, or the situation really brought a lot of stuff to light. You got people saying, oh, you shouldn't respond to violence. Y'all also seeing one thing where we got should go to war to Russia and stuff like that. Y'all can't say violence isn't necessary one time and then say it's necessary mm-hmm. another time. But, um, yeah, all in all, this night was, and it's funny that it was a, a joke that kind of set all this off. But honestly, to me and watching show, a lot of the, the jokes were kind of meh. A lot of them jokes felt, a lot of the jokes felt like, um, because you know it's Wanda Sykes and um, uh, Regina Hall, um, and to a degree, um, Amy Schumer, um, mm-hmm. to a degree, a lot of the the jokes, especially involving Wanda, were more oh these are black jokes for white people, kind of thing. Like like I said, mm-hmm. when she's in the Oscar Museum, the guy takes her to um, Spike Lee section, and she goes oh he's throwing all this stuff for free because I'm paying a two hundred dollars a month and you know whatever whatever. I was like come on that's you know, that's it was a really, weird mix. Yeah, it's not so. So it's kind of funny. This whole night, you know, kind of erupted over a comedian doing kind of bad joke. It representative of the whole night. All the jokes were kind of hit or miss, kind of thing. I yeah. Think. So what I was look when I was seeing was that like especially with Regina Hall stuff, or at least what I saw in the beginning, where it was very like sexually charged, where it's like yeah, it made me feel gross because I'm like. You know, if a man did this, we would be all in up in arms. It yeah. wouldn't make any sense. And I don't like, there's something about that that makes me, mm, I don't know, it's icky. It's icky when people are like, these are beautiful people who I would like to bone. And you're like, okay, well, is that really the joke? Like, we're just, we're just going to talk the about it. The joke is she's want. horny. You didn't get the joke. She's horny. The Tiffany Haddish did the same thing with uh uh Simu Lu. Oh He's like, she's like, I'll have a thing for Canadians. <laughs> like the joke is, I'm horny, guys. Laugh. Like, nah. I mean, it's I'm, just not, I'm not funny. Like not, that's just not. Funny. We're not 15. Being a sexual predator is not a joke. You know, like you're not. Like I don't know why you guys thought this would work. Um, I think we re- that's another thing that we need to talk about is like not now but just in in general, general yeah. how men get sexualized and how it's like not taken seriously because they're men yeah we'll leave that there but yeah yeah we look we you know one day we're probably gonna take a break from actual movie stuff and actually talk about the industry and these kind of things yeah i think it's important as a whole um but yeah that that's it one thing i did remember (laughs) is look if you're gonna talk about this will and jada stuff and if you're gonna be on the side of saying he shouldn't have slapped her there's no reason I've seen this multiple times in Facebook and on Twitter. There's no reason to logic it by, okay, bring up her sexual stuff, what I said before, but to say the B is bald. You don't got to reduce Jada to to that level to make your mm-hmm. point saying it's justified in the joke because she's bald and calling her a B word. Don't, that, that's, yeah, that's you don't have thing. to cross that that's... line. People go, they go too hard and they just start to say anything. Yeah. And that's like... Yeah. Like, have some respect. Have some dignity. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, um, I guess that's it. That's the, <laughs> that's the Academy Awards. I think everything... I, I know I wanted... 
Dune to win Best Picture. But listen, Dune 2 is coming out next year, so we'll have another run of this, and we'll yeah. see what happens. Hopefully, they'll put him and Dune 2 for Best Picture, based on the withdrawal, the reaction to it. I know the movie doesn't deserve to be there, though. What? Morbius. Oh, don't look Morbius. Oh, Morbius. Oh, yeah, bro, them reviews for right now, not, like, I expected, I don't know why people expected more that movie to do well. More, I, like, when I first watched the trailer, I was like, oh, this looks cool. But yeah. then everyone was like, this is going to be terrible. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I won't be seeing it now. <laughs> like, I guess it looks good. So, that's, that's, yeah. Um, is there any box office news? I don't know. There's no, like, real news, but. I mean, not really. We'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll, I'll get to it next week. My only thing is, you know, shout out to um, Rachel Zegler. She got to go to the Oscars. That's what finessed her <laughs> way to the Oscars. She even she made a joke about it. it. She was like, six days ago, I didn't think I was going to be here, but I'm a presenter now, so. yeah. That was hilarious. Yeah. She was like, I'm not going. And everyone was like, yes, you are. And then the Academy was like, yes, you will be presenting too. And it's like, okay. Yeah. So. She figured it out. Yeah. Um, did you watch anything over the week? Uh, no, it's kind of more me, like, prepping and stuff for, like, the Oscars and then when, you know, going over what I watched or stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that's really, it didn't really, I got, I got, I got stuff in the pipeline that I want to watch or something. I did, the <laughs> only thing I did say I would watch is because, you know, like I said a couple of days ago, because AMC's honoring a lot of these, um, Oscar award winners, I did watch Gone with the One with my mom. Um. How was it, that viewing? Huh? I mean, it's classic Hollywood, but when you watch these old movies with a modern lens, it kind of doesn't, especially when Gone with the Wind is about a civil war, and it's mostly done about rich white people losing their money, and the only person of color that's prominent is Hattie McDaniels playing a maid-slash-mammy role. It's kind of like, uh, I get why it's iconic, but it's really iconic right still. Like, I I do think these... These lists of 100 best films every couple years kind of do need an update or revision as to how. Yes, I understand you're looking at society standards that are now. They do have a caveat, but I do think sometimes as you gain information, people's mm-hmm. opinion changes. I do think that should be also given to these projects as well. Because I know we don't we don't look at uh, Birth of a Nation the same way. Everybody knows. Oh, it's about right. the clan. We don't regard it as a classic in the same way we do regard um, um, Gone with the Wind. So I do think that kind of you know referential or updated reference to a lot of these classic pictures need to be um, updated. Yeah. Well, I did watch a movie. I watched Gravity. Mm. First time viewing it. I said this on my letterbox, but I do think that Alfonso Cuarón is probably my favorite filmmaker now. Like, it was David Fincher, like, it was other couple of people, but right now, it's, it's it's Alfonso. Because I think he, the amount, the the amazing things that he's able to do is just, like, it blows my mind. Like, the entire time I was watching, I was like, how were you able to make this movie? Yeah. Like, how? And then they kind of broke it down in, like, a little behind-the-scenes footage that I saw, but I still didn't understand. I was like... This is crazy, and it was gorgeous and like heartbreaking, and like he's just so good. Like he's just so incredibly talented. I love that man. Like he really knows what he's doing, and then he knows how to do like, these bigger movies, and he knows how to do like the more indie movies. He's just like 
he's dope. And also Sandra Bullock is dope too because she literally carried that movie and she was fantastic. So I can't wait for the next thing he does. I'm so excited. The next thing I have to watch is Roma, but everything else I'm just like. Yeah, I think you're right. I think looking back, like once you start surrounding yourself in this world and when I say world, I mean film and being enamored with it, whether it's um, um, whether watching art people or even working in films or editing or whatever, any kind of aspect, once you come and done you with the world, you realize the amount of content you actually absorb by a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I honestly, if I look back, probably Alfonso is probably in my top five directors. Because if I look back of the amount of pictures from him I enjoyed, like Children of Men is like one of my favorite movies of all time. If I look, if I look back, I'm probably like you realize, dang, I've seen a lot of this person's mm-hmm. work. They're probably like one of my favorites. So I think Alfonso is probably up there. Um, yeah, for, for, for me. But that's all right. That is it from us. We hope mm-hmm. that you enjoyed our Oscar recap episode, um, and we hope that you all are taking care of yourselves and you're having a good week and. Make sure to check out all of our social media, follow us on Letterboxd, and support us if you can. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Goodbye. Au revoir.